BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. <laughs> All right. Welcome, welcome, welcome to an all-new episode of GVN Review. This week, we will be breaking down episode nine of season two of The Mandalorian. I actually liked here. I like this setup of instead of season two, episode one, it's legit just purely a continuation of, you know, it's like one big, um, I don't know how I'm trying to break this down, but I like that it starts off episode nine rather than episode one of season two. Well, I feel like it's very much keeping in line with the movie Star Wars, you know, the mo- well, the Star Wars movies, right. um, because, you know, episode one, two, three, four, da, 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 da. The only thing I would say that gets a little confusing because when you were like, oh, season two, episode nine, that could confuse people in thinking that you like we're reviewing the ninth episode when we're reviewing the first episode of season two, but it's titled the ninth. So you could say, um, and I'm not trying to correct you or anything. I'm like, I'm thinking out loud where it could be like, Oh, the ninth episode of the Mandalorian. And like, that's all you say. Right. I don't know. They made it a little confusing. Like I still like it, but it's a little confusing. No, it'll be confusing regardless. Cause if I just said, episode nine of the mandalorian people would think like oh it's it's still season one um either way john favreau was was uh was very i mean can i be honest with you 3 30 a.m with my eyes barely open i click on it and i'm like episode nine i'm like so is this just like seasonless and they're just continuing on just purely episode wise and then I look and it's like, no, season two. And I'm like, this is so confusing. Um, but- <laughs> it reminded me a little of when Netflix first announced that it was doing its Ratchets uh, series. It was like, oh, it's been approved for um, 16 episodes, but it'll be broken between two seasons. And at first it's like, so just say two seasons. <laughs> yeah, like don't sometimes people get too wordy and less wordy and either way is very confusing yeah Um, (laughs) neither one of them makes things easier but anyway uh i got a little ahead of myself um welcoming my co-host tia what's going on tia i am doing fantastic so i did not watch at 3 30 in the morning as you did but 
I want to say it was probably the first thing I did when I woke up around eight uh, this morning. I was like, you know what? Because um, for those who are like listening in, I work from home and I typically work better, say like in the afternoon. So it's like, okay, before I get to do things and I'll have no time to watch it, let me just put it on. And I'm happy that I did. I'm happy that I set that uh, time aside for myself because it was worth it. I could really like pay attention to the episode. Yeah, no, I part of me was like don't watch it at 3 30 a.m you'll barely be awake um but within like the first four seconds of this episode it was just like my body was like all right we're gonna (laughs) wake up for you juan but go to sleep right after this um it started off with with a bang I i told joelle uh this yesterday mandalorian might have even though i i said this to you i said um narcos has the greatest theme song in american <laughs> history but the mandalorian is a really close second with game but of you get three you get really excited when it's like wow you know it's like, sure. like i yeah. when i tell you that when you first suggested narcos and i started watching it and i heard the theme song i almost got up and started dancing and i don't <laughs> ever get that feeling like from anything um and i was like i love this theme song so like i have narcos at number one the mandalorian at number two game of thrones at number three game of thrones is a good one would you say i said uh game of thrones is a good one i'll i'm very much the person i'll sing along to like instruments which makes no sense but anytime game of thrones like played i'd be like oh for sure um i i sing the narco song not knowing what the hell they're saying so i mean oh yeah i'm that it's funny you say that because with the narcos i'll be like and it's like i like i don't speak spanish um and so you know i can't repeat what they're saying in the song but i know this has nothing to do with the mandalorian but it's funny um you remember my friend cindy right yes her and a couple of her friends actually went to columbia last year you know pre-covid um for vacation and she said one of her friends is a big fan of narcos so she was like always playing the theme song as they were there and they can actually speak spanish so they were able to actually sing along with the song (laughs) yeah no to me there's nothing scarier than singing that uh you know surrounded by a place i'm not familiar with and someone going Yo, do you even know what you're saying? And I'm like, no. And they're like, no. it's offensive. And it's like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know. Um, but no, the Mandalorian's theme song, great. It gets you hype. I was looking for weapons to have, you know, just in case. That's how hype this theme song got me. Um, but no, so yeah, I'll let you start off. Um, this uh, this first episode back for season two didn't waste any time. It started really hot immediately. I like the thing about the Mandalorian that I love the most is the adventure him as say a bounty hunter um, going on his little missions to find out more information. Cause the thing is like 
season one ended with, you know, that huge, you know, uh, cliffhanger with Moff Gideon and the Darksaber and uh, Mando flies away with uh, Baby Yoda saying that he's going to find, you know, his, his home, his people to return him to. So you had almost in your mind that maybe things were going to like immediately start with like say Moff Gideon or something like really battle-esque and it didn't and I liked that about that it was just like here's Mando going through um you know his adventures with the child and I forget what plan if they said what the planet that he was on but him uh going to find out the information about you know, other Mandalorians so that he can find his way to, you know, the baby Yoda's uh, people. I know that, see, the freaking, okay, can I tell you really quick, like, Disney tries so hard to have people not call it baby Yoda. And I say this because there's a makeup brand called ColourPop. And they, and for one of their eyeshadow palettes, they did a collaboration with Disney. And on the front of the eyeshadow palette is a picture of Baby Yoda, but it's called like ColourPop, you know, uh, collaboration, the child, you know, palette. And I'm like, you guys are really trying to like make this whole the child thing stick. And we all know it's Baby Yoda. Yeah. And what's funny is, um, I, I've been asked, like, my aunt texted me, right, um, a few days ago. She texted me, and she's like, um, so what? when did I miss Yoda having a child? <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm thinking she's reading, like, the comics or something. She's like, I'm watching The Mandalorian for the first time, and I didn't know Yoda had a kid. And I said, <laughs> well, that's because he didn't. <laughs> and she's like, she's like, well, then... Why does he call himself Baby Yoda? I said, because Yoda is a, a race. Like, they're, they're, that's what they're all called. It's, it's Yoda. Um, and she's like, wait, what? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, first of all, in this timeline, the Yoda you know is dead. Like, super dead. Um, ultra dead. Yeah, like, ultra dead. <laughs> He's a spirit. So I'm like, didn't have this baby. <laughs> um so, my mom thought it was like literally like baby version of like Yoda, and I was, and I had to say no, that's just another member of that race, but it's not given an official name, and it's it's cute, right? Like when Groot was like a baby, you called him Baby Groot. They never said that in Guardians of the Galaxy. You were just like Baby Groot, so it's like oh, it's Baby Yoda. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't really have any issue with that. Um, and honestly, I don't blame anyone that, that asked that question. I just find it funny, but I don't blame anyone that asked that. I mean, it's it's a logical question to ask. I mean, if all you know is Yoda, and then someone's like, oh, here's baby Yoda, you legit would go, like, if, if I said, here's Tia, and then here's baby Tia, you would go, oh, that's, that's, that's Tia's kid. You wouldn't go, um... Oh, that's a whole nother Tia. <laughs> so I'm like, I, I completely get it. And, and I never fault anyone. Like to me, the best feeling whenever someone doesn't know anything is to always ask. Like ask me, like I'll, I'll never make you, you know, feel like, oh, you should have known that. I love having these conversations. So I'm like, the best thing to do is to ask me. Um, the worst thing to do is for you to go and assume um, and then sound crazy. 
So I'm like, yeah, just ask me. But Baby Yoda, I love it. I'm not sure what the planet is. I was going to look it up, but then I got too lazy to. Um, <laughs> but this starts off with, with a bang. I mean, we see him show up to this. Um, and, and before I even get into that, I, I do want to add, um, I agree with you. I, I don't need you to start literally where it ended. I, I need you to start where the story progresses the best. And that's him fulfilling his mission, which is trying to figure out where the hell he could send this, <laughs> this kid. Um, we will get to the, the really good stuff um, soon. Like I remember the first four seconds of this episode to you, mm-hmm. excuse me. I legit were, was like, where the hell is Ahsoka? Where are the Jedi? And then I <laughs> tell myself, like, relax. It's only it's the first episode. episode. Like, right. like, they'll get to it. <laughs> they'll get to it, and the payoff will be great. Um. So, but yeah, I mean, you know, start off where you know you think it's best, and you know, progress from there. That's what um. We didn't uh we didn't get too far. We're literally setting the stage for the first uh five ten minutes of this uh this episode. Um. But Joel, I ask you, was it a little confusing to open this up and see that it was episode nine of season two rather than episode one of season two? Uh, it was awkward because I'm I didn't I'm like what? I was very confused. <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't <laughs> I didn't know what was going on. Uh, I thought I missed something. Like, did they did they drop everything and someone already on episode nine of the season? I'm like. So I had to like look twice. I'm like, oh, it says two one, chapter nine. All right, that made right. more sense, even though uh, it, it caught me off guard. Yeah, yeah. So, was... go ahead. No, it's just it's just it caught me off guard when I first saw it too. So I get it. Yeah, it was just like me and T were saying like, how do you even say it if you're trying to tell someone like, hey, did you see, <laughs> uh, season two episode nine chapter nine? And the person yeah. would be like, yeah, I think. Um, (laughs) but we were we were setting the stage here and we were saying how this episode started off like really hot it didn't it didn't waste any time um i tell you guys all the time i want my season twos and my sequels to always be like that season one or uh the first movie usually sets up the story once we understand the story just go crazy action and this episode gave us all that. So we start off, obviously, with uh, Mando going to this, uh, I guess, not a boxing match, but like a cage fight. Uh, not even a cage fight. I don't know what you would call that. Star Wars is so weird with these things. Yeah, it's an underground fighting tournament. It's like Fight Club. Okay. Yeah. Underground Fight Club, but with weapons. <laughs> yeah, yeah, with weapons. Like gladiatorial without the, the, the stadium. <laughs> it's like underground. A hundred percent. So I'll say this, and then I'm going to go to you first, Tia, and then you, Joel. I legit thought there was nothing more adorable than Rocket assembling a bomb and trying to explain to Baby Groot, like, hey, don't push this button. (laughs) This button? No, don't hit that button. I thought nothing could top that, but when all those guys surrounded Mando, and Baby Yoda goes, uh, and hits the button <laughs> and closes himself in. Um, I was just like, no, that is like peak adorable. Like, that is hilarious. 
It was so cute, but, like, tell me that you didn't sit there for a moment and you're like, Baby Yoda, you can control things with your mind. Like, why are you scared? Like, I literally saw you set someone, like, on fire once. Um. I do think think he, um, he's still, I think he's still really scared to use it. Um, Yeah. Because, you know, usually. He knows his limits. Right. (laughs) Even, even though usually as a Jedi or as a Padawan, rather, when you're training, this is all stuff that's super new to you. So, like, they, they break you in rather slow. Baby Yoda came out the woodwork and was setting guys on fire. So, it took <laughs> a lot out of him. So, I think he was kind of like, I trust Mando has this. So, he just closed himself it's in. Like, like, it seems like he's play. been through this before. So like, I know the routine. Yeah, on. that's very <laughs> true. <laughs> I mean, I'm, not getting to, uh, I'm not getting too far. Now I'm going to let you talk about this scene, Tia. But we even had someone go in front of the kid, he's seen worse. Like, if Mando, yeah, yeah. he understands what's going on here. Um, but Tia, walk me through that very intense scene. We obviously see Mando looking for other Mandalorians to help guide mm-hmm. him. Um, and he thinks this uh, this uh, under uh, mob boss, whatever you would call him, um, mm-hmm. has information on where he can find a Mandalorian. But obviously, this guy pulls a swerve on Mando. Uh, walk me through your thoughts on that scene. Yeah. Um, again, like it's what I loved about Mando, and he's a bounty hunter. So you would suspect that being a bounty hunter is going to bring you into like some unsavory places, such as a underground like fight club and shit like that. So you see them fighting. And you realize, like, hey, this isn't just, say, like... Because, you know, when you go and see a boxing match, you don't expect that one of them isn't going to make it out alive. But literally, the Cyclops boss dude is like, you know, make sure you finish him, make sure you kill him. And he says to Mando at some point, he goes... And as you said, he said, um, oh, maybe this isn't a place for a child. And Mando says, you know, he's he's seen much worse. Um And when the Cyclops mob boss is like, how much you want to bet that that guy up there is going to die? And Mando's like, yeah, it doesn't look it. um, Because I believe at that point, that was the guy who was winning. And then suddenly the mob boss shoots him. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, this is all a setup against Mando. Um, And they're all just standing there freaking, like, pointing the guns at him. But I just love how, like, cool calm collected mando is it's you know you could have 10 guys pointing their guns at him and he's not going to flinch or be like what's going on um he takes him out very easily because he's just the boss like that um and i don't want to get too ahead of it either but i love the end scene of that segment where he has the Cyclops guy tied upside down, demanding answers from him, and then shoots out the light and leaves him to what it looks like being ravaged by some sort of creatures. And I was like, that's really dark. Like, people always say Disney, and it's like, I get it, because yes, this is the case as well, that Disney obviously is a family-friendly studio and wants their stuff to, like, be good to watch you know if you're a kid but i'm sorry that's dark like that's dark this guy your imagination's like this guy's gonna get eaten alive well that's where disney kind of finds a medium because they didn't show anything but lights 
I mean, but eyes lighting up, and then like you hearing them growl. Like we assume he got eaten to death, but that's where Disney always says that's their comfort zone, to where they don't mind you assuming, but they're just right. not gonna come out and have like a creature come like just start ripping his arms and legs off which is fine for me like i'm cool like because your mind is so much darker than what you could see on screen so it's like the images that were going through my head i feel like were more gruesome than anything they would have been able to put out there yeah i would agree um joelle walk me through your thoughts on seeing mando taking out all these guys um his quest for answers that's all he wanted was just give me an answer and i'll leave and this guy had to make things so difficult yeah well you know they're assholes so he he has to he knows what he's getting into most of these people and then he knows his armor is so uh wanted by a lot of people too so it's like he's a walking possession (laughs) and even a lot of these guys think they could put you know some people fear him but there are other people that get cocky and you know they test him and they should know better. I mean, I, he obviously has a reputation, even uh, it, not by his name, it's just a who, like what he is as as a Mandalorian. Um, but yeah, I thought. I mean, it was it was a cool scene. It was a great action scene. Um, the what what the Cyclops uh, mob boss guy. I didn't know that was played by John Leguizamo. I mean, that was really cool. yeah, that was uh, interesting. I had no idea. I saw his That's name at the end of the. At the end credits, I'm like, who the hell was he playing? And I had to look it up. Um, hmm. That was cool. He was unrecognizable. Like, I had no idea that was him. Um, yeah, it didn't even sound like him. No, and usually it does. You know, at least he, you always sound a little bit like him. I didn't even. Yeah, John I mean, Leguizamo was like, no, I need to sound like John Leguizamo. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, he pulled it off. Like, he was unrecognizable in his part. Is like, I think his name is Gord Crash or whatever. Um, but yeah, it was a really cool scene. Um, it was just him being a badass, and I love when he hung him up for the whatever those fucking demon dog things were, <laughs> the coyotes in the in the alley. Uh, that was pretty cool too. Um, so that was it was a great way to start it. Mando is, I'm sorry, John. No, go ahead, Tim. Mando is so some like he obviously kills right but mm-hmm. he so sometimes lives by the like um what you call it the batman code of morals where he's like he's not going to kill you he's just not going to like save, save you or you. make sure you're alive because yeah. he did right. that in the first season too where he like left those bounty hunters but put the tracker on them so they got like you know crashed into and shot up and everything so it's like mando's like okay i'm not gonna like hit you with a beam but i'm gonna make sure that like you're torn apart by dogs and it's not gonna phase me one bit yeah but that's, i don't feel bad <laughs> that's what i love about mando because he gave him an opportunity it wasn't just like oh i'm gonna string you up and leave you here to die he told him numerous times, like, bro, I will pay you for this information. Just tell me what I need to know. Yeah. 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 Like, I'll, I'll pay you. I, I'll forget that you, you know, you drew guns on me and everything. I'll pay you. Let's just move forward. Guy wanted the armor. Um, and then he told him, he said, I want your word that you won't kill me. He said, I give you my word. I, I won't kill you. Right, exactly. <laughs> but again, he's not going to like cut you down and just let you go on right. your way. <laughs> right. He's a man of his word. <laughs> um, speaking oh, of which, man of his word, we can move forward a little bit. We see uh, Mando head to a um, 
Tatooine. Um, Tatooine. Tatooine. I love hearing the name Tatooine. I love it. He heads yeah. there uh, where he sees a familiar face uh, yep. that helps guide him to a town where he believes he can find his fellow Mandalorian. Uh, mm-hmm. so he comes across a small little village that weirdly didn't look all that different than where Luke was raised, really. Um, obviously, it's got as much differences from all those villages. Exactly. <laughs> Probably all like exactly. alike. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so obviously... <sighs> We see him go through this small village. He comes across a bar um, and is asking about a Mandalorian. Um, Cantina. <laughs> the, right. The bartender tells him, <clears throat> you know, to ask the sheriff. When he turns around and he see, and we see that suit, I almost Armor. lost my mind yeah. until I said it looks too slim. Like, yeah, it looks scrawny. Yeah, yeah, like, it does look scrawny. Skinny. And, what stood out to me in this oh. scene the most was I want you guys to think back. What, what stood out to me the most was uh, Mando's reaction when um, the sheriff took the helmet off. Yeah, that was fucking great. We don't do that. Like, what? You're not, you're not a Mandalorian. <laughs> like, like, something about the aura of that kind of just screamed the Mando. Nah, no, 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 no. We know that we don't do that. You don't take your helmet off. Um, I'm really starting to think, Joel. I'll pose this to you first, purely because um, we come from Star Wars: The Clone Wars, where we saw nothing but Mandalorians take their helmets off. Right. I'm starting to think Mando was raised to think that Mandalorians are not supposed to take their helmets off purely based off of his reaction. Like, he looked like, is he fucking taking this off in front of me? Like, what, what yeah, is he right. doing? <laughs> um, so walk me through the introduction of the sheriff. And then your The marshal. The marshal. The marshal. I right. say the sheriff because he was unjustified. Like, I know, I know. <laughs> um, the marshal. Thank you, Tia. Um, but walk me through seeing the armor, seeing the marshal, and then Mando's reaction to it. Um, setting up this this next scene. Well, uh, it was very. As soon as like the scene, that whole scene started. As soon as they got the Tatooine and they ran into his old acquaintance, I think from last season he was in Tatooine. It looks like yeah. too. Um, so that lady. Um, once he got there, and then you see him kind of riding through the town, and it kind of felt like an old western movie scene. Where he's just going through town, everybody's hanging out outside. Only thing was missing was the tumbleweed, honestly, at that point. <laughs> uh, and um, I was like, "This it starts feels great." I don't know why, but I'm like, "Something's gonna happen." I'm excited. So he goes into the cantina, he runs into the bartender, and then he turns around and he sees the the marshal and the armor. The armor we all recognize, but obviously looks a little obviously looks rustier. <laughs> if anything, it looks more worn down than it was before. Now it did come out of some type of sarlacc or whatever the fuck. So it probably is a little more worn out, but um, we recognize it. We're like, oh, we know that armor. I know that pack. I know that helmet. I know that 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 chest piece. Um, so, but we also know it doesn't look exactly like it fits him. <laughs> it does look like it's a little small. Like he's a little, he's a wiry dude. Um, so we knew. I think we knew off the bat that it, it wasn't who we thought it was. But it, he's obviously wearing his armor. So he sits down. He puts. He takes his helmet off. 
And yeah, like you don't see anything because it goes back to Mando. But in all our heads, I know we're all thinking this guy looks, he's probably pissed under that helmet. Like, this guy's <laughs> going to probably shoot him in the face for doing, like, you're obviously not a Mandalorian and I need that. Like, he asked him, Lexi, look, Mando's a nice guy because he didn't kill him. He could have and just took it. But he told him, like, I'm going to need that armor. And look, they, they were going to face off. And then that little shake happened and things didn't go as planned. But it was a very cool scene. Uh, Timothy Oliphant uh, is nice to see in the Star Wars world. Apparently that character, that he, who he plays, I, forget, I, gotta, I gotta look it up because I always forget that guy's name. The character he plays is in a book called mm-hmm. uh, Aftermath, Life Debt and Empire's End. So that character has been used in the books before. This is the first time we're going to see, we see him live action. So that's pretty cool um his name is Cobb Vant that's his name in, in, the, in the show or in the Star Wars world so we get to see a character from um Star Wars you know canon come to life already from right like, in the first episode so that's pretty cool and with armor from a, from an old school Star Wars character yeah I loved it and, and your, your your um your buildup of it feeling like a western I, correct me if I'm wrong. It even sounded like as the marshal walked, you heard like spurs. Um, <laughs> yeah, <dude. laughs> like I'm like I loved everything about it, and that's one thing that I love that uh, John Favreau has been very consistent with is that it always feels like a western. And do you know how hard it is to make a a show that takes place in literally outer space feel like a western, and it feels <laughs> so authentic. Um, yeah, it's 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 great. It's really, really, really great. Um, but Tia, I want you to walk me through a little bit of of that scene, some uh, parts of that scene that stood out to you, and then you can kind of lead us into um, us kind of getting our big conflict of this episode, which is the big worm or monster, whatever it is, attacking the uh, the village. I keep forgetting. I can't say town. It's like I guess a village, um, but us fi- us seeing this this huge monster. Which, by the way, they're doing a really good job on how these monsters look in this series. Yeah, it looked great. Episode yeah, one, of season one, that monster that was biting onto the ship as they were mm-hmm. trying to flee looked great, and then this one looked great. So, like, huge shouts out to their uh, uh, SFX team. Um, these monsters look really, really, really good. But uh, see, I pass it off to you. So <clears throat> Timothy uh, Oliphant definitely yeah. has somewhere in his contract that like every project he's in has to be a western or just feel like a western. <laughs> um, it's just it's it's so fitting. Like he's the marshal, really. But yeah. <laughs> um, I loved when he uh, Mando goes to the bar and it just him asking about the man the other mandalorian that is in town that he's heard and when you turn around and the door opens and there he is it's almost like a shock to the senses because you're like oh shit i didn't know we were getting this guy like this early on in this in the season but then as you guys said you're like "Mm, this guy looks a little like scrawny like his armor's really kind i don't mean this to say like it was pathetic looking because I know what the armor is. What I mean by that is like, you know, he's clearly wearing like regular clothes and just put like the chest piece on and the jetpack. Like it didn't look like it belonged to him. Right. It looks scavenged. Um, 
And when he's like, oh, um, to the bartender, give us, you know, he said something like two snorts of schnapps or something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And he brings it over. And um, I said to my boyfriend, Polly, I go, how are they going to drink it? They can't take their helmets off. And then mm-hmm. as soon as like the, you know, Cobb sits down and he takes the helmet off again, you're like, no, no. And you... <laughs> as you said joel it's like you don't even see mando's expression but you know he's so pissed underneath that helmet (laughs) like you like you were shocked you're like no 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 you put that helmet back on Um, (laughs) and then there it is you know to uh timothy alfent and it's like uh, okay i'm gonna say this like so we get it out of the way but the man's looking like a silver fox i was like oh (laughs) um there's that (laughs) you know they really look like they were gonna have some like you know freaking texas standoff there both of them kind of touching their guns and looking at each other and then suddenly you hear the rumble and um i kind of thought it was like a little comedic in a way because that poor i don't know what the creature is but it looks like um a woolly mammoth almost uh with the big tusks yeah and the thing gets like completely devoured and i don't know why i kind of thought that was funny it was like this big this big sandworm that you expect is gonna make all this destruction and everyone's running from it it's like oh it just takes a little woolly mammoth and it's good but yeah no i liked it that because i i you really thought that the main conflict was going to be between in this episode between mando and Cobb, and it ends up being that no they have to side with each other I will say yep. the the one thing that confused me was as the marshal was kind <clears> of <throat> giving the background on how he came across uh, the armor, he used one of the missiles, and then he had yes. another missile. Where the hell did he get the missiles from? Well, my my thing was that he he's explaining how he got the armor and how he used it and i'm like he like learned how to use that armor really quickly like he put it on he was like oh i know how to use this it's all good i didn't i didn't didn't dig too deep into it because it's like okay all right right, you know whatever but i did question like all right he used the missile like that that (laughs) doesn't have more missiles in it it's the same logic as every avengers movie where does hawkeye get all of his arrows he's eventually yeah. gonna run out but yet he pulls yeah. him out of his ass so right. this that apparently happened with cobb he probably reloaded say, before he left <laughs> i will say that is the one thing i did appreciate about josh whedon's avengers when like he ran out of arrows it was like okay thank you like come on like <laughs> a thousand aliens you're telling me he has a thousand arrows for all of them <laughs> He's like, well, this is running out. <laughs> <laughs> I only got the six, and I went through all of them. I guess I'm gonna go wow. home now. <laughs> I also did show you in that moment, like you are really not needed for this battle. <laughs> Which is why he should have died in Endgame. But you know, this isn't that conversation. No, we're not having that conversation. We're not having the conversation. <laughs> right, anyway, anyway. Um, so the marshal does give us the background of him coming across. Um, and getting uh, the armor. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. That was a really cool uh, 
cool, neat story of seeing how, um, you know, he wasn't just like a scared coward. He got the means to save the, the, uh, the village and he came back to, to save them. Um, mm-hmm. I will say it also showed, and I'm sorry to interrupt you, Joan. It also kind of showed you that he wasn't say like in Mando's head, right? When he first witnesses Cobb taking off the helmet, it's like, oh, that's against code. That's disrespectful. Like Cobb wasn't trying to be purposely disrespectful. He just stumbled upon it. And he's like, that's going to help me, you know, save this town that I'm in. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I will say, try to remember where I was, where I was going. No. Oh, okay. Now I remember. I will say, this always bothered me. Maybe I shouldn't have taken it that way. There's something so offensive about them using the name Sand People. Um, yeah, when they said it today, I was like, um, ah. it's, so, it's so weird because it's it's not necessarily the term Sand People that bothers me. It's how it sounds like they weaponize it when they use it. Like, mm-hmm. Oh my god, it's those are the sand people like, Oh, run. Like what? <laughs> Relax. Um, but I loved seeing Mando out of nowhere. Speak their language. <laughs> you had the marshal like, what the, f- what is going on? He started doing that. <laughs> like, it was like, um, is there a school for this? Like, I always wondered, when Chewie would talk and Han would go, yeah, no, I understand what you're saying. What? How? What, what is he saying? Well, okay, he, said well, it. he said it in the movie. That they, so they had uh, whatever in school, whatever the fuck it was. That's so crazy. I even thought it was crazy when R2 mm-hmm. would go, mm-mm-mm-mm. And Anakin would go, yep, I agree. What? But what remember, Joan, like, I don't mean to keep bringing it back to, like, Marvel, but, you know, Thor understood what Groot was saying. He's like, oh, yeah, they taught it in, like, you know, like, oh. Asgardian school. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or the fact that the Asgardians speak English, you know. Like, yeah, like, there you go. You know, why would they be speaking English? Right. They'd be speaking Nordic or Norwegian. Well, but Joel, me and you always said that's why we loved Patty Jenkins because yeah. it took five seconds for her to properly explain how Wonder Woman understood Steve Trevor, right? Uh, right. And could fluently speak English. Right. Um, it took five seconds, and no one ever questioned it again. Star Wars had oh. us questioning this for like fifty years now. Like yeah, everybody speaks English. <laughs> it's the galactic language. <laughs> um, <laughs> But no, but I, I love that. But um, no, so that was that was really interesting. And I love that Mando kind of was like, listen, I understand the Sand people were causing trouble there. You were causing trouble for them. We need to work together to get rid of this monster. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I re- first of all, when, <laughs> when they first were trying to like bait the monster to come out, and like that one. Uh, oh my god, that was the funniest thing. <laughs> like, the one yeah. was like, oh, he's clearly gonna eat like this this little uh, thing that I have here. The woolly the, the, the banter. Yeah, it was the, huge. The monster was like, nope, I want you. Like I'm, gonna, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna come eat you. I'm gonna, that was funny. Because yeah, he's so much smaller than that, that monster. But it's just, it was just funny, like him, like running, because he's like, "Oh, this is clearly, you know, the woolly man <laughs> thing's clearly the bait," and he's just yeah. like, oh, shit. <laughs> and like the look on the others' faces, like, I mean, you can't. Okay, I'm sorry. This is like way off topic, but are those their faces or are those like masks? I was like wondering that today. 
I was too, and I don't know. No, that's what they actually <laughs> look like. Oh, that's terrifying. Um, but yeah, okay. Oh, oh all right, all right. <laughs> like, sure. We'll sure. roll with that. That's, <laughs> un- that's unfortunate. <laughs> um, no, this was. I thought this was a great sequence of seeing um, Mando get the marshal to get the uh, the village to kind of come together with the sand people to um, mm-hmm. the Tuscan Raiders. Right to um come together for a common goal. Um, I love, I really do love how Mando is trying to outsmart this monster. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to go to you first, Tia. Walk me through. We're getting close to the end of the episode here. Walk me through. Um, obviously, we all sat there and was like, all right, well, he's clearly not going to die, but like, how is he going to get out of this? Uh, when um, the little thing was trying to run away, Amanda was like, oh, shit, no, come here. <laughs> Don't run. I need you. <laughs> it's not little. <laughs> that, that, that is a good point. Um, uh, I want to I backstep it just a few steps because I had uh, a few comments here. I liked in this episode where, and I'm sorry, you said the Tuscan Raiders. Is that correct, Joelle? Yeah, that's what they're called. Tuscan. Uh, okay. Um, I like how this episode kind of like humanized them because in the movies, and correct me if I'm wrong, but we've only ever seen them as like the screaming, wailing characters in the background yeah. or like, you know, just waving their weapons and you're like, oh, these yeah. guys savages, are the savages almost. Yeah, savages. Um so to me it's like to actually have mando communicating with them and them actually like having a personality and and the fact that there's a moment between Cobb and the tuscan raiders where it's like hey you're doing this and he's like well they're doing this and you know they're not understanding and mando's like we have to work together um and the people of the of the village have to work together as well and it reminded me a bit of like Magnificent Seven with, you know, outsiders, you know, who are perceived, you know, as like the outlaws have to are pretty much like the only hope or something like that. Yeah. Uh, I, I really like that. I, again, just love the character development. Um, and then they have this big plan. They're going to set the the explosives to the, the sandworm and shit and, um, you know, all of that. And at first that doesn't work. You know, they did get the sandworm over the freaking pile of explosives and it didn't work. So Mando has this idea of like, hey, if it goes from the inside, which I felt so bad for that woolly mammoth thing. Because it's like, oh, sorry, guy, not only are you going to explode, but you're going to like eat, get eaten too. And it's like, yeah, no wonder he tried to like uh, run away. And as you said, Joan, like, you know, obviously Manto's not going to die in that instant, but you're like, what are you doing? Stop trying to commit suicide here. Um, and I, I thought it was great. I thought it was great. I have to tell you, I was disgusted when you found out that the sandworm could like spew acid vomit. I was like, oh, yeah. God, as if it isn't worse. Like, <laughs> as <if it> is- <laughs> And I felt like he was picking off so many like, Tuscan Raiders. I was like, is there going to be any of them left? Um, yeah, I thought it was great. They got the worst of it. They, they did. Scared, though. But, well, tell me this, Joel. Didn't you feel like um, 
because Mando and Cobb were like, oh, we need the townspeople to help. It really yeah. didn't look like the townspeople did anything. It was like all the Tuscan Raiders. It's like, yeah. oh, you guys could die. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. And they, you know, it seems like they didn't mind it either. Like they were always the first, they always sent their guys to like send the bait, and there was never well, an argument. Like we'll do it, we'll do it. <laughs> well, because I think Mando like says he's like they have lived in this very barren and hard terrain yes. their entire life, you know, and they are as violent as they can be. They keep their word of things, and again, like I love that, like giving personality and an actual like story to these characters that in the past were just the screaming people in the background. Well, that's right. why it's, that's why I say it's always important. And that's why I'm glad Star Wars and Marvel and DC are finally doing it. Shows are important because they could flesh out things that in a movie don't really matter. Um, and when you're watching the original Star Wars and you're seeing them like screaming uh, crazy people, it doesn't like, you're not, when you're watching it, you're not like, man, I really wonder if there's, like, any human side to them. Like, no, you're like, I don't really care who they are. Like, progress the story. In a show, you could show the humane side of them because it's slower, you're able to do more. Um, so that's why shows are important. That's why Star Wars, The Clone Wars, the animated series was so important. It filled in mm -hmm. all the blanks that George Lucas skipped over when he did um, uh, the, the prequels. So, to me, that's why these shows are important. Um, but, Joel, I'm going to go to you, man. The okay. highlight of the episode. The highlight of the episode. We see Mando like a boss um, blow up this sandworm and come out unscathed. Um, yes, yes. First of all, if anything, this episode let everyone know how strong that armor is. That yeah, was acid that was on his suit that did not phase or go through anything. Um, that, that material is, like, very strong. But we see him save the day. We see him and the marshal shake hands. The marshal gives him the armor back and says, make sure your people know I didn't, I didn't scuff it up. Excuse me. Yeah, you're the one that broke it on me. <laughs> yeah, I like that. <laughs> like this. You know, don't, don't send anybody to me. But... The highlight, and I want you to go into this first, Joel. The highlight as we see Mando ride off with uh, Baby Yoda in this this new armor, um, we see a certain somebody pop up from the shadows. Yeah, uh, yeah, what we did. Through, what through your thoughts when you see him? Well, before I get to my thoughts on that, I just wanted to clarify that sandworm we keep calling a sandworm is called the crate dragon, and the crate dragon actually ate a sarlacc, and that's why it was sleeping in a sarlacc like cave um think about it because the sarlaccs are huge as you know as we know from the original star wars trilogy and the fact that this thing ate a sarlacc and they had to try to kill it um i thought that was just impressive by the mandalorian to pull off a, a kill on on a fucking crate dragon so yeah now that we got the names out of the way uh yes yeah, so we got a nice little surprise at the end um where we see this man in, in it looks like a robe and like these two rifles it seems like we're seeing um I guess watching the Mandalorian drive by in a speeder, and um, from the looks of it, as soon as he turns around, looks like a very familiar face. Uh, I think we're all thinking the same thing that this is uh, Mr. Boba Fett himself. Um, it's just, it was pretty cool to see, honestly, because like we've never seen an unmasked Boba Fett. 
Uh, at least not an older Boba Fett. We've seen young Boba Fett on that. Um, and look, it's funny that we see his armor in the same episode. We see him that he's obviously alive. So uh, we figured, at least I figured when I saw the Jawas with his armor, is that they like probably sort of like spit it up and they just recovered it from the desert as Jawas do. Um, so it makes sense. And obviously it's strong armor. It wouldn't be, it's not digestible. So obviously it came out the other end or whichever end comes out of a Starlight, right? Right. So I didn't know what happened to the man himself. Uh, and I would love to find out how he survived that. And of course, there's so many more questions and the fact that now it's official, official, official that Bob is alive. Um, I can't wait to see where it goes. And uh, is that the same guy from that they teased in the, uh, when they were in Tatooine the last episode, last season? Because that, I mean, uh, that's another question I have. Like, because we don't know, they had this the hidden figure show up at the end of last season with, um, uh, I forget her name, um, when she died, I can't remember the name of the character. Oh, oh um, from Agents of Shield. Yeah, I mean, her name is Ming-Na, right? Wait, Ming-Na one or whatever. Yeah. I don't. I don't think they um had they announced that him. they brought him back yet. So it could be one of those things like where you were to just assume, but right. they hadn't actually brought the actor in yet. Right, because all you see is like boots. <laughs> so they could have been anybody. Uh, well, and yeah. then well, that's. You know, and it could have been anybody, but that's what I'm assuming maybe that's who it was. Well, yeah, in, in the end, it's fucking Boba Fett's back. You know what I mean? And we already knew this, but it's, it's nice to see. Yeah, go ahead, Tia, before I go. Go ahead, Tia. Oh, I wasn't going to say. Uh, no, you can you can go. <laughs> um, no, I'm sorry. I, I thought you were trying to say something. Um, no. no, the the biggest thing that stands out to me is, uh, like you said, we knew he was he was coming back this season. So just seeing him is cool, seeing how... Uh, damage he looks, seeing that it looks like he's been through a lot. But my biggest question is, you know, remembering from Pre Vizsla's words or uh, Duchess Satine's words, I, I think it was, either one of them said it, um, they don't rock with the Fets. <laughs> no, the no, they don't. don't like uh, the Fets at all. Um, the Fets gave them a really bad name. Um, yeah, it's not their armor. <laughs> They're not Mandalorian. Exactly. So, <laughs> what is so? My question to you is, Joel, when Mando said, "Give me that suit," was that more so because that guy obviously clearly isn't a Mandalorian, or was it because he noticed the armor of the the uh, the people that gave the Mandalorians the bad name? Um, because it distinctively looks different than any Mandalorian armor you'll ever see. Um, that obviously was the whole point of the Fets, was to look different than the Mandalorians. Um, that's why the armor looks that different. But I am curious what Mando's reaction will be um, and if uh, the the story of the Fets have, has even been passed down to Mando's generation of, of Mandalorians. Because um, how crazy would it be if he like is is siding with Fett, and then like the armorer like sees that and is like, um, do you know who that is? Like we don't know, we don't we don't associate with that guy. Um, so I'm I'm just really go ahead. What are you saying? Who me? Yeah. Oh no, I wasn't saying anything. I was just I was just thinking like, um, this is that Boba, especially we don't they like you said they they don't like the Fets, um, and the fact that. Boba's probably been looking for his armor. We don't know how long he's, it's been missing. Right. Um, 
it's not like I don't even know if it's easy to track Jawas. <laughs> like I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Maybe he's not looking for the armor. Like why would it take him this long if he's been alive for that long? We don't know the story. You know. Uh, the point is, will he be? If he's gonna start looking, if he's looking for his armor, that means he's obviously gonna be looking for the Mandalorian that now has his armor. So maybe that's how they they connect in the in the, in the future because he wants his armor back and the Mandal's like, you're, you're not one of us. <laughs> you're not like, I can't, it's not yours to have. You know what I mean? I will, so it's, it's going to be interesting. I will say AJ brought up a good point. AJ that wanted to be on, but he's stuck at the airport. Uh, he made a good <gasps> point. Oh, poor AJ. <laughs> he said it kind of felt like, it kind of felt like um, he didn't, he didn't really want it. And I know we saw like three seconds of him, but to be fair, he's overlooking the situation. So mm-hmm. it kind of feels like he probably knew the marshal had the armor. Um, right. Was he was he maybe planning an attack, or was it kind of just like the armor's gone, the empire's fallen? I don't really have a need for it. Yeah, it, I don't care. Um, right. But seeing someone hat like physically seeing it is like, oh damn, like now nah, I want it. it. You know what it reminds me of? It's like when you get older, you don't really care about like your trophies that you got when you were five. Right, but like when your mom or dad is like, "Hey, I'm gonna throw these out," and when you see them, you're like, "Damn, like I kind of want to keep them now." <laughs> like, so I think that might be the mentality of like, you know, he walked away from it, but now he's looking at it, and it's like, I don't really like somebody else having it. <laughs> like, I think I kind of want it back now. Um, so I don't know. I don't. No, know. I agree. Yeah, because I I was thinking the same thing. I'm like. Why? I mean, why wouldn't he have gotten it by now, right? Yeah. At this point, like, what was taking so long? Um, so who knows? We'll see. Yeah. Um, I will say this: I'm really excited. Sasha Banks, uh, from WWE, our our new mm-hmm. SmackDown Women's Champion, has been hyping up her appearance on right. Mandalorian. I'm curious to see who she is, what she is. I'm curious if those rumors of uh, Rosario are even remotely true. Um, Apparently they are. That's been confirmed in certain other places already. I feel like every time they ask her, she's been saying no. Like, it, it, but every you can't, you know. Like we went over this yesterday, Juan. <laughs> no, but I, I'm saying, I'm saying, I kind of feel like if she was officially casted, and um, you know, we're we're now like getting ready for like she hasn't been like promoting the show or anything like that because it's supposed to be a surprise. What shit? Here's here's what's funny. You can't surprise me if the trades have come out and said that she is gonna be Ahsoka, and then I see it. It's like oh. yeah, but you're right now talking to me about you don't believe it, so it will be surprised, won't it? I guess. I, I I think part of me probably is like it's true. Um, <laughs> That's the point, though. I, I am really excited to see where this show goes. Um, we obviously see. Mando was raised not to trust Jedi. Um, they, they don't trust them. They don't like them. Um, they don't seem like he knows what the fuck they are. <laughs> He's like, what is no, a Jedi? <laughs> I agree with you, but you know what I compare it to? I can, I, I'm not even going to make that comparison, but I'll, I'll say this. <laughs> so, it's more so like you were raised to believe something without even really knowing what it is. Because at uh-huh. that point, and when Mando was raised, in that timeline, the mm-hmm. Empire had already fallen. It was only Luke. There weren't like 30,000 Jedi out there. It was Luke. So it's not like everybody all over the galaxy saw this Jedi. 
What I think he was a I think yeah I think he was a kid when when that was like the fall of that that right. era. So it's right. like uh-oh. So it's it's more it wasn't... of like a fairy tale of what these these wizards or these Jedi uh were. So to me, I kind of feel like his maybe possibly disdain for the Jedi is something more so taught than like him actually coming across one. Um, but I mean, you know the the care and consideration that he has for Baby Yoda, knowing that Baby Yoda is Force-sensitive, kind of just seems like he doesn't really care. Um, But, um... And and he, um, in season one, really disliked droids. And we see in the beginning... And we see in the beginning of this very episode, he's like, ah, you know, because at first that woman's like, you know, he doesn't like you guys, you know, blah, blah. And he's like, ah, you might as well let them work on the freaking ship. You know, it's like. But, but that, that's the thing about Mando. That's what I love about his character. Do we remember why he has a different stance on droids? He befriended one. One saved his life. Well, but that's what I'm saying. It's like we see in episode one, right? Yeah. In this episode, episode nine, whatever. Um, <laughs> this is where it's going to get confusing. Chapter nine. <laughs> you know, that Cobb has such a disdain for the, um, oh my God, the, the Tuscan Raiders. The yeah. Tuscan Raiders, you know, and Mando telling him, like, y- you got you gotta understand where like they're coming from you know like work together so like even mando having that mindset that he's obviously grown and he's realized like hey just because you've had a bad experience with like one section of a whole entire race doesn't mean that like that's what the entire race is you know so it's like i think if mando's understanding that um that he could be more open to you know working alongside jedi if he comes to even be and also being with baby yoda like realizing like this kid and this creature is force sensitive which is something made him soft it made him soft you know (laughs) you know no not necessarily soft like open-minded uh tolerant yeah. Yeah, but th- that's what I'm saying. Uh, any disdain that he may have, or any information I'll say that he has about Jedi, has been taught. It's nothing he's coming in, into contact with. Um, and, and but that's the Mandalorian way. You don't really ask questions. So like the armorer tells you, "Hey, we don't rock with Jedi. You just don't rock with Jedi. There is no like, but why? No, you you don't need to know. Just know no, this is the way. This is the way." Mm-hmm. Um, so there's so much story to be, um, for them to kind of dig into. I will say this, if it wasn't for the boys literally finishing like a few weeks ago, the idea of waiting weekly would really piss me off. Um, <laughs> but the fact that I got through the boys and it, it wasn't as bad of a wait as I thought it would be, um, you know, I, I'm better suited for this, but I fucking hate this. <laughs> like, well, just, just give me the episodes, man. I'm happy that at least this episode was about, what, 53 minutes long, whereas last season, the first episode was like 20 minutes, and I was like, that's it? (laughs) That's what I'm waiting weekly for? This is bullshit. Exactly. Um, But what she recalls it, I wanted to comment before, Juwan, that um, you were saying if Mando perhaps doesn't know who the Fets are, I kind of find that a little hard to believe because Mando seems to be the person who is so 
deeply rooted in Mandalorian lore and its history that I feel that he would obviously know who the Fets are. Yeah, I the thing is though, it's not it's not really a a lore thing with the beef between the Mandalorians and the Fets. It legit was that one timeline. And then remember, mm-hmm. the story of the Mandalorians are they kind of went into hiding after um after Order 66 and the fall of the Jedi. It was kind of like we're going into hiding. We don't really like what's going on here. Um, that's why, remember what the armorer said, like, we knew coming out would result in a lot of us dying, but we're, we're going to help you. Um, so it's the idea of you can pop your head out, but there's people looking for you. Um, right. So I do believe uh, in his lifetime, there is a possibility the story of the Fetch just was never brought up. Because it wasn't like the Mandalorians were coming in contact with a Fett um, yeah. in that timeline. So I don't think it's part of their history that they teach. It's just like, um, like for example, if like, you know, the rumors. Right, right. It's more hearsay. Um, but it's possible it didn't make its way to him. Um, but again, I don't know. That's my question that I would love to ask John Favreau. When he saw the armor, was it because someone that wasn't Mandalorian was wearing it? Or was it because yes. he recognized it? I think that that's what it, it was. I don't think that when he first saw the armor, he was like, oh my god, this is Boba Fett. I think that he automatically yeah. saw it and he was like, this guy's sloppy as fuck. This is not a Mando. <laughs> like, he's wearing a t-shirt and he's wearing the armor over it and shit like that. Like, I think to him, he could like yeah. smell the... You know... The man. Well, was, Sorry, yeah. no, no, no. no. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say was um, he like he was there the like not long ago and didn't know about a Mandalorian being there. So for right. him, he thought he goes back and he's like, "All right, I'm, I'm gonna go find this Mandalorian." He gets there, and he's like, "That's not a fucking Mandalorian. Give me my armor." <laughs> like, yeah, and also the fact that like the Mandalorians have like a certain way of acting, like him, the armorer. They're kind of like stiff. They're very serious in the way they right. talk and you know Cobb was very much just like hey what up you want something to drink let's go like very like la di da <laughs> right right <laughs> and then I mean that then goes to my point of he probably has no idea on the history of the Fett well I mean he could know who like the Fett is by like hearing about it but not know about the armor like was it that they were like long ago there was this guy Boba Fett and he was terrible oh and his armor was kind of green like no he could very well know the name but just not know that that was the armor someone's like hang on let me just draw you a picture of what this guy looked like (laughs) plus plus is really all fucked up since over the years too yeah it looked messed up yeah it looked a little rusty almost (laughs) there's definitely some bullet holes in it yeah (laughs) you definitely look worse for wear but we are all excited for what season two holds can't wait yes. to break down. Oh, I have a question, Juan. Yeah. Before, before you wrap everything up, because it looks like that's what you're doing. Um, do you think that we'll see Cobb again? I'm just very invested now in this character. <laughs> I, would say, I would say probably not only because the trailer shows that he um he goes back to enlist the help of his um his friends from season one. So it, it kind of seems like the first of all, I don't think we'll see Cobb again, mainly because 
um, the most use that he gave in this episode was in the armor. He's not getting that shit back. <laughs> so it's like, it's like I, I didn't really see any skills that you really gave me that I need. Like, I'll go to two people that, like, I know their skills. I know what they can do to help me. Um, I think this is just, a, like, Timothy kind of thing, like, it'd be cool to be in Star Wars. And John Favreau gave him a role. Um, I don't think this is the last time we'll see him ever. Um, but probably the last time we'll see him this season, if I had to take a guess. But, Joel, you can go ahead. Uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe. Uh, I thought we'd only see people one time last season, and that didn't turn out to be the case. So Maybe he makes him like an honorary Mandalorian. He comes back with his own armor. Here you go. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good way to get the armor or to never talk to Mando. Back up. But did you guys have anything else to add? Not really. We just need to see Baby Yoda actually use his powers again because he didn't use them at all this episode. I was like, come on. Take, some, take a rest. If, <laughs> I think if we do uh, get Ahsoka um, or any Jedi, let's just say any Jedi, um, I think you'll see a lot from Baby Yoda in that moment. Um because the Jedi will probably want to try its best to pull out as much of the force as possible. And remember, this is in a time, a timeline where um, not really any Jedi. <laughs> like, right. It's literally like technically right now, one. Right now <laughs> in this, in this exact timeline is when Luke, just Luke. Is training is training Ben Solo. Um, well, Luke is probably training Leia, honestly. It's only been five years. Oh yes. And you're right. Yeah. Yes, okay, then you're right. So he's probably training Leia somewhat, and then like a few years later, um, Ben is probably born, and then we know the storyline of, of, yeah. of that. Um, it becomes his Padawan. That would be cool, right. too. That would be... I, they need a, a series just with that. Like, legit, you can get Sebastian Stan to play a young Luke Skywalker. There you um, go. Oh, yeah, he looks insane. I'd even bring in Finn Wolfhard. Uh, to play. Oh, I, I thought you were going to be like Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> First of all, I can't take the sexiness of Sebastian and Timothy. At <laughs> I wouldn't be able to review it. I'm focusing on the wrong things. But anyway, um, actually, no. Now I want Timothy. Okay, all right. So Sebastian, Stan, and Timothy. Um, <laughs> that could definitely be a series um, because it's it's in a timeline that you didn't you really uh, muddied up between the three movies. Um, a lot of time in between, too. So it's a like, lot oh. of time in between. And it's one of those things where it's like the biggest question mark people have is what the hell happened between when Kylo, Kylo Ren separated from Luke, ran away, uh, created the Knights of Ren, and mm. then just stopped using the Knights of Ren. Like, what? <laughs> what? I always thought that thing was, like, so confusing. I'm sorry to go on a tangent, but, like, the two things that, like, I thought were so confusing from, like, The Force Awakens is, like, uh, Ben Solo always going, like, oh, I'm going to honor my grandfather's legacy, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's, like, Darth Vader even, um, you know, apologized towards the end and, you know, didn't want to be Darth Vader anymore. So I'm, like... Wrong, and then it's like, and why did like Luke, uh, not Luke, God, Han Solo, and like Leia, Leia split up? Like, 
what the fuck? These are two things. I have so many problems with like. Khan <laughs> is a scoundrel. I know. <laughs> like, you, you don't step away from Princess Leia and then General Leia. Like, come yeah. on. I will say to you, um, I don't think anybody ever told him the true, the true story of his grandfather. Yeah. Uh, so yeah probably right. not. And he got yeah. manipulated by. Uh, what's that's what I was name? just about to say. That's how Snoke was able to manipulate yeah. him. Because Snoke technically wasn't lying. It was like, hey, your grandfather was like this mass murderer and was yeah. pretty dope. And it was like, oh, really? It was like, yeah, I'm going to leave out that like he became a hero at the end. And that yeah. is, that is <laughs> this whole thing. That matters. Um, right. But yeah, so we definitely need a series about that because it's just, it's a lot of questions that could be easily answered in a series format. Um, but yeah, this was a great review. I can't wait to do another one next week. Oh. Do you guys know when they do, uh, or if they do, like uh, teaser trailers for the next episode? I've never seen one. I don't think they do because yeah, they like they, they used to back in the day. I don't think they do that anymore with oh, a lot of that's actually, new stuff. That's actually smart marketing. So like, you literally have no idea what to expect for HBO. Does it like HBO will show you something at the end, like a preview for next week? Yeah, but, like, I don't think I don't think Disney Plus does it. No. I'm like okay with not seeing say like a trailer per se but if they can give like a gif or something on say their Twitter page or something like that mm-hmm. like that would be cool. Did you guys see on Twitter today that if you liked anything with the Mandalorian the like button turned into Baby Yoda for a second before? Yeah, the- yeah I saw okay. that. that was pretty cute. <laughs> I did like that. Um, <laughs> Smart marketing. Yeah, I keep telling you it's important. But uh, huge shouts out to John Favreau. Uh, did Rick Fumiawa direct this first episode? I don't know. I don't know. I thought you would look that up, Juwan. Where's your homework? <laughs> oh, I thought that it said he did. I thought that it said he did. Um, regardless, great way to start off this season. Can't wait to see what we got for next week. Until then, guys. Peace. See ya. Later. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.